Augustine is often blamed for introducing to the world the well-worn idea of original sin. But he did not come up with this doctrine on his own. Some of the Gnostics and Desert Fathers before him were obsessed with the so-called sins of the world and believed this physical realm to be a trial for us to endure rather than a gift for us to enjoy. And I don't want to say that there is no sin and that there is no suffering. I don't want to say that this is something that we just make up in our heads. However, what we hold in our minds is made real in the world. Sin and suffering is not inherent, but it is made real through our thinking and our actions. And much of this thinking comes from the belief that we do not have enough. That if I could only get just a little bit more, I would not be so afraid. But we're not really sure what we need a little bit more of. So we take a little bit more of everything, hoping somehow the cumulative effect will fill this hole that we feel. We suffer from a crisis of grace. We suffer from the belief that there is just not enough love for us, for all of us, like there is some sort of grace scarcity. So we hoard and act selfishly, believing that we will starve tomorrow if we feed those who are starving today. And the tighter we grow, and the harder we grow, the more suffering we see, and the scarcer love appears. This, in turn, leads to a scarcity of praise, because when grace is scarce, so is joy. But there is no shortage of grace. There is no shortage of love. It is like going to the beach and worrying that there won't be enough sun for everyone. Very often, grace is talked about like it is a gift from somewhere out there, some god beyond the skies, something foreign and distant. But I think that grace is incredibly intimate and found in the essential realization that we are of this world, that we grew out of it, that we return to it. This is not an outlandish thought for those of us living in the 21st century. It is an idea whose time has come. We are Gaia. But we still encounter Gaia for the most part as a thought. We haven't yet allowed our egos to die so that we might be reborn as Gaia. It is just aspirational at this point. And for us to be reborn, it requires us to take action in the form of praise and prophecy. Several hundred years ago, the men who would come to be known as Protestants rallied in northern Europe to confront the abuses and corruption of Rome and its bishops. Sola Scriptura, often translated as by Scripture alone, became a primary pillar of Protestantism, and it means that the Bible contains all of the knowledge necessary for salvation and holiness. It was a reactive response to the Catholic belief that there was a living tradition of teaching passed down from Jesus to the apostles, to those who followed the apostles. Sola Scriptura codified teaching and outlawed everything that was extra-biblical. So not only did the Reformers try to stamp out divergent Catholic views, 
but they also tried to eradicate any lingering paganism that had covered itself in new garments, the cult of the Holy Mother perhaps being the most obvious. And our religious worldview became solely focused on our fall and our redemption through a God who was somewhere in the sky. This, combined with the onset of Cartesian philosophy, removed us from a greater ecological consciousness. And what was once one great soul became many little souls, and the impoverishment of our being has not recovered. Nature was reduced from the source of our being to soulless, separate, inanimate, dead matter. It was useful only to the degree that we were able to exploit it, and this set up nature for the devastation we now face. We are in an ecological crisis because we have been disconnected from ourselves, disconnected from our soul, through a theology that separates nature from grace. But we can never fully separate from our source. Just because we believe something is true doesn't mean that it is true. And our source calls out to us from every particle of our being, Regardless of how humans have tried to limit the voice of creation by insisting it only come through certain sanctioned channels, the voice of God, the voice of creation, sings from every being, from every rock, from every planet, from every atom. The voice of the divine is forever singing out to us in a chorus of cosmological praise, praise that is going on in every moment. But rather than opt in, so often humans opt out. And this is why I seek only to praise with my life. I seek only to sing glory, glory, hallelujah, because every atom is a shrine to the Holy Mother. But it is not enough to sit in solitude and praise, to get ecstatic and lost in the music alone. For suffering to end, we must go out into the world and allow the song to come through us when we are among other people, people who still believe that grace is scarce. Communities that only praise God but do nothing about the suffering quickly spiral into hypocrisy and superficial displays of gratitude. This is the plight of the modern megachurch, reeking of phony morality while paying more attention to stadium seating than changing the culture so people can get a living wage. You cannot truly face the beauty of creation and not want everyone to be safe. And then there are communities that are so focused on social justice they make no room for praise and quickly spiral into shrill self-righteousness. They see themselves as saviors, as superior, as enlightened. Our hearts break for the mutilated world, but so often we speak as if the mutilation is out there and not in our own beings. We don't sing in praise of creation, in praise of God, because we struggle to hear the cosmological song over the drone of our own egos. Rilke writes, Walk your walk of lament on a path of praise. My great hope, is that we become known as people who stand in the world witnessing for justice, but doing so from a place of praise. The world is in such terrible trouble, but if we allow the song of creation to come through us, we will be changed by it, and others will be changed by it. It is through acts of witness 
that we will grow ever closer to the understanding of ourselves as Gaia, the understanding that grace flows through every atom of our being. Thank you for listening to this meditation. You can find a written version of it on my website at ianwhitemar.com slash meditations. Who are the people in your life who would enjoy and benefit from this meditation? Pick one. Send them a link. Maybe start a conversation with them. How do you sing the cosmological song of praise? How can you teach this song to another? The spiritual journey isn't something we need to do on our own. We are meant to travel the path with partners. I hope you'll join me again next week.